Oh, is this it? You know, that's the consensus reaction to our show. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's broaden our mind. the proper approach pattern for today. Negative. Hold the weapon! Now! Charge the lightning field! Welcome to Dispatch Ajax. Yeah! I am Jake. And this Yeah, is... he's Jake. Hold on, let me... Let me check. I, I have it written down. Hold on. It's look on your name tag. Look down. Look down. Skip. Apparently, he figured it out. Yeah, that's. Uh... It's written inside my underwear. <laughs> but only where the penis would be. Yeah, if I had one. Yeah, I know. It's really bizarre. He's an angel, folks, sent down from the heavens. I'm like a Ken doll down there. <laughs> By the great spaghetti monster in the sky. That yellow bastard. <laughs> Yes, Bruce Willis took my penis. Okay, that's... (laughs) Well, somebody had to. And you know what the twist was? It was Bruce Willis the whole time. (laughs) You know, you you couldn't even tell. It looked so similar. They did. You could even see the other character's breath, you know, because it was cold when he was in the room. Because he's Bruce Willis. They both make straight-to-video features. And one of them wears a turtleneck. I'll let you guess which one. (laughs) Well, I'm supposing you watched that in the year of 2022. Am I correct, good sir? I don't know. I've slept since then. I'm not really sure. It could have been 2021. I'm not really... (laughs) He wasn't even alive then. not privy to that information. Well, I think since 2023 has arrived... It's time to take a look back at all the all the good things of 2022, because so much of it was so bad and doesn't need to be discussed ever again. Hey, that was a garbage year. Yeah, it's just more garbage upon garbage. It was no 2020 and it was no 2016, but it, uh, it was a pretty bad year. Not great, but there were some good things in 2022. Oh, pray tell, because I am curious. I have yet to, to run into those. Well, not events or Social change or... uh, Not things. Global events. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking about pop culture nothings that we can dive into and escape reality. Which is really at the heart of our show. Yeah. I mean, you're not not listening to this to find out about the war in Ukraine or the, the savagery in China or whatever horrible thing the conservative party in the United States is cooking up. We're going to tell you about, you know, what, what kind of underwear Daredevil has on. Uh, spoiler alert, Daredevil goes commando. Wink! <laughs> I don't know why that's a wink. I but... don't know. Well, I mean, he can't see it. What does he care? Fair enough. I wonder if he can hear you wink. Probably can. Uh, hmm. Can he hear the muscles move? No, he hears the squishy liquid part when your eyelid closes because of the... But it, does that mean he's hearing every blink? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because that would get cacophonous. If he does, then he would be able to to distinguish between a wink and a blink, because it would sound quieter. Well, one goes like that, and the other goes, wink? 
out loud. <laughs> it's an onomatopoeia on the page. It's the way it is. It's the way it's always been. It's the way she goes. It's the way of the road. It's the way my dad did it. It's the way America does it. <laughs> and it's worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> so we'd like to just go over 2022, maybe cover some things that you guys didn't check out. Because you're stupid. Because maybe you're just lacking the knowledge that we can provide. There you go. You know, or you just want to listen to what a couple of jerks want to say about the things they liked. Yeah, and call our audience stupid, even though they're not, because they're listening to us. Our audience is the best audience there's ever been. Both of you. I'll fight anyone who challenges that. The gauntlet has been thrown. Well, you don't want to take the gauntlet off. I'm still holding it. I just threw it right down. Oh, okay. I'm looking square in the eye still. It's like, I'm at your knee, but I'm... So, I thought I'd start us off by covering what happened in comic books in 2022. Do they still make those? You know how often I hear that? At least most of the ones I hear from are like older people. I remember comic books in the 70s. And I thought everything stopped happening after then. Is Nixon still president? It said so in Watchmen. It has to be true. And then it also said so in... Is it Martha Washington? Maybe... It's been a long time since I've I've read Miss Martha. Since you rock and rolled. <laughs> it, Martha Washington she just seems like Frank Miller going, look, I'm not racist or homophobic. Look. <laughs> hey, hey, just, just wait. It's coming. It, it also it just proves how racist, homophobic, and misogynist he is when he thinks he's being inclusive. She can't be a prostitute? Fine. Well, then <laughs> she's a black lesbian. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Let's see if you libtards like that. Huh? Triggered yet? <laughs> Jesus. Canceled. It's kind of like if Ben Shapiro wrote comic books, which you know is going to happen at some point. I really fell in love with him not understanding Glass Onion. Or or how... I don't know. If, did you follow any of that? <laughs> no, but that sounds about right. It, it was yeah. fantastic because he's like... Uh, what? So they introduced these people, and, and then... Uh, it, it, there's a, a, a turn, it's a twist. You can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, have you ever seen... He's upset because they didn't hold his hand through the narrative. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, like a lot of things, uh, when you're trying to figure stuff out, they don't tell you everything at the beginning. Weird. I'm going to guess he was very confused by Inception. There's an interview that... i talking about all of his scripts that failed mm -hmm. and didn't get purchased. Like all of them. Yeah, like all of them. And she was like saying, like, this is why they didn't they didn't work. He's like, no, that, that's not true. You know, I mean, being funny isn't a liberal thing. Anybody can be funny. Oh, except conservatives. <laughs> no, con conservatives can be funny. Well, no, they can't. No, they can't. I mean, Dennis Miller immediately stopped being funny when he decided to go for Bush, you know? <laughs> oh, Ben Shapiro. Well, Uncle Ben. It's a person we shouldn't know about. Does no, and we shouldn't even... By? It's true. We shouldn't even give him the credit that we do. And no one listens to our show, so that's saying something. <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. So, anyway. uh, like Ben Shapiro, comic books <laughs> in 2022. I thought you were going to, like, maybe, I don't know, finish that statement. Uh, not, not a great transition, well, I gotta a, admit. It's a non-sequitur that just, uh, <laughs> just falls off a cliff. Just like Ben Shapiro, comic books existed in 2022. <laughs> Both things... We're extant at that time. <laughs> and there's a lot of shit that comes out of it. 
Yeah, we're not going to be getting the Frank Miller comics came out in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck that shit. But I will tell you about the best comic books that came out this year. Frank Miller, also not funny. What do you know? Really? Never has been. Nope. Yeah. Mm. And now you know why. <laughs> and that, folks, is the rest of the story. Oh, man, I knew you were going to do Paul Harvey. Damn it. Because <laughs> I was going to do it if you didn't. Good day. Was the rest of the story. Good day. <laughs> he is obviously my uncle, so. All right, maybe I should machine gun these since we're, uh, we are off topic like a mother. Yeah. I would say the best book of the year is probably Nice House on the Lake from DC Comic Books. Wow. I, I know. It's part of the Black Label, which is just a <sighs> rehashing nouveau Vertigo imprint. Except sometimes with the mainstream superheroes. Yeah. Uh, it's more, So it's, it's like how Vertigo used to be. It's kind of like what the old Max label used to be for Marvel. Oh, yeah, but yeah, totally. There's going to be extreme violence, sex, mature themes. Uh, Batman's going to hang brain. But in Black Label books, it's kind of like, ah, eh, whatever we feel like. Eh, maybe yeah, they're adulty, it, maybe they're not. It's just a way of saying, this is probably not in canon, so you don't hold us to this later. Yeah, although some of the stuff Black Label is in canon. So, oh my god, DC, what are you doing? Why do they always do this? It's, it's, it's just one of those things. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's what I try to tell people when they come, like, what's Black Label? It's like, doesn't matter. <clears throat> just move on. It, Pretend it doesn't, it doesn't say anything. It's Johnny Walker. Go get some. You're going to need it. <laughs> but Nice South Lake is written by James Tiny on the 4th, probably one of the best writers out there right now. I didn't realize he had worked on Batman for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, he's done a lot of Batman. 10 years? But now he does, like, uh, indie stuff, so good for him. Yeah, no, I he's, he's I, kind of, he's all over the place right now. A lot of the stuff he writes does really well. He nails a lot of his stuff. I don't necessarily love everything he does, but a lot of his indie titles, like this or Something is Killing the Children, I think are two of the best books coming out right now. Wow, you basically just described Matt Fraction from 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, there's a guy who just stopped. Like, Yeah, what happened he, to him? He and his wife, they just, they just stopped. I, I don't know what they're doing. I haven't seen a book by Matt Fraction in years now. He has... Uh, what was the last thing he did? His wife. Uh, boom! Ooh, whoa! Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Nightly news. <laughs> I don't remember what his last thing he did. Jonathan Hickman joke for everybody out there. It was, yeah. For all of those people who are (laughs) smart and read the good books. The The, the word of the Lord. The good book. (laughs) Unfortunately, like, uh, Hickman is transitioning from doing comic books to doing comic books online as part of his, like, it's not Substack, but it's whatever that other thing is. Oh, because he's funding his own now, isn't he? Yeah, it's – you have to, like, subscribe to his Substack, and he's just doing stuff there mostly, Ugh. which sucks. I mean, I don't – Sounds awful. I, I don't read comics online, so it I'm pretty much kept out of that loop. I have enough to read in paper. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the irony, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Do you want to know what Nice House and Lake's about? Yeah, please, for our audience, okay. we'd like to know. Uh, so it's, it's essentially, it's a complicated, ever-changing thriller drama with some sci-fi tendencies where about 
this group of friends, uh, some of them know each other, some of them not, these 10 people, they're invited to this house on this lake to... So it's not just a clever name. Yeah, exactly. You kind of get together and like spend uh, the week uh, at the house of this, like, this friend that's like a friend of all of theirs, but things are not as they seem and dark, bad things occur. I really don't want to get into much more than that because it deserves... Well, you volunteered. Well, I'm just saying, I'm giving you a basic idea <laughs> right. uh, that this drama unfolds between the people, the people and their, that friend. What is this lake house? What are these strange objects around? What's happening outside of this particular house? Um, mm-hmm. It's just really good. He does a fantastic job of of overlaying the narrative of both past and present and future it's impossible to see what's happening, what's going to be happening. He does a great job of like self-containing each issue as its own story and or mystery, but interlocking it with the, each, the one before and the one after. The last issue just came out last week, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, so I'm I'm thrilled to find out how it ends and wraps up. Thrilled. Wow. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's there are very few books that I go out of my way and read. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I I get so many comic books that it's a joke between those who know me at the comic shop that if I buy a book, I'm not going to read it. It just goes into a box to maybe be read some year in the future. That's um, the spirit. It, it's it's like when a porn star gets off set, she doesn't want to go home and have sex. She just wants to go home and cuddle and watch some Netflix. That mm. is a presumption on your part, and I have met. Multiple porn stars who claim that that is not the case, but continue. <laughs> I think you understand the cleaning lady doesn't want to come home and clean her house. The okay, chef probably doesn't want to come home and make a four-course meal. They're just going to slap together a peanut butter and jelly and veg out with some Doritos. You just kind of – you have enough. When, when what you love becomes your job, sometimes it's a godsend and lets you express – your passion every day, all day, and it's not a job for you. But sometimes it sucks the joy out of the thing that you loved, and mm-hmm. it just becomes kind of a chore. There was a few years where I just stopped reading comic books. I kept buying comic books, but I, I didn't want to read them. So when I get home, I just I don't want to read comic books. I want to do something Listen, else. I say, if you marry a woman, you don't have to live with her. <laughs> Why buy a cow when you can import the milk from China? The Cincinnati Kid. <laughs> That's what that... Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's fine. Another vague kids in the whole reference for everybody out there. No, I understand what you're saying. It's just uh, a little bizarre that you would still... You won't read them, but still buy them. <laughs> well, it's... it's um, I, I mean, there's a variety of reasons for that. Some of them are like, I do want to read them, but I prioritize, like, staying on top of... Stories that are relevant, that people are going to mm-hmm. ask about. So something like uh, Dark Crisis. I didn't care about Dark Crisis. I d- actively disliked Dark Crisis, but I, I read mm. some of Dark Crisis so that I could like be up on what people – people are going to ask me about Dark Crisis. People are going to ask me about Spider-Man or what's happening with <laughs> – Spider-Man Dark Crisis. Sp- yeah. Spider-Man uh, – I think – actually, there's, right now, Spider-Man Dark Web is going on, so it's not that Oh, far my off. God. Oh my God! That did a boomer write that arc? Like, uh, <laughs> just to give you a sense of what it is, it. Do you remember the X Men event Inferno? 
Yeah, of course. It's like Madeline that, Pryor. but in the Spider-Man universe. With literal Limbo and the Goblin Queen and demons. Oh, I was going to say, is, Mary, is there a clone of Mary Jane Watson that looks like the Goblin Queen? Unfortunately, maybe that might happen, but it's... No, but it's actually Madeline Pryor. It's, it's literally Madeline Pryor and, and Ben Riley. I thought she was Well, it's comic books. That doesn't matter. Oh, well, uh, well, she came back with Hickman's X-Men, which we can probably get into in the near future as being like one of the best things to happen in X-Men in, in decades. But Well, sure. I mean, why why should the actual Jean Grey have all the fun being resurrected when there's you can a, have the clone do the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot you can do with that, and part of the the fun of the X Men universe recently is that you have all of these. I don't know, it, it's a big long thing about like immortality in the X Men universe and the Krakoan Island and all the mutants, good and bad, getting along together, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. That's a different pod, I think. Oh, trying to ex- explain even just the gestalt of X Men continuity problems is uh, that's a whole show of its if its own. In fact. It's funny that you say that because we watched X-Men uh, Days of Future Past earlier today, and I remember, you know, like, in a, in a sincere way, you know, Kate was asking, like, because we've seen that movie, like, a thousand times, but we're, you Why? know, she wants, it's good. It's the second best of that series, of the, the later series, the second half after mm. X-Men 3. It's the best of the post-X-Men 3 movies. And it's uh, Days of Future Past is an extremely like ambitious thing to try and adapt, and they they did okay, you know. I will say that sometimes I watch that film. Usually, I just watch the actual Days of Future Past scenes, mm-hmm. and I skip around. And I just watch those because those are the bits sure. I find interesting. There's some boring parts in it, yeah. But, like, I, I had to explain, it was like, oh, who's Bishop? And I was like, okay, well, this is who Bishop is. And then and then I was like, but you have to understand that that's a different Days of Future past alternate future, but still this one, but different. And then I was like, but then there's Cable, who comes from a different alternate future, Days of Future past future. But that's not bringing in Rachel Summers from a different... Days of Future Past, Alternate Future. Thankfully, now that you have Loki, the show, um, mm-hmm. it's easier to explain to people. Whereas, like, I say, here's the great branch of time and the mm. universe and these different branching timelines. They're plucked out from those different things. And so it, it is the future, but you know, it's, it's different futures, different possible futures. Well, right. But except, except for in the case of X-Men, and this is one of the reasons that X-Men is so infamously convoluted, is that we're not just dealing with – if you just said, oh, these are – you know, possible futures, alternatively, fine. But these are alternate futures of this alternate future, days of future, past future. And you're like, what? (laughs) Why does that exist? You know what it is? It's like having the dark multiverse. Not going to talk about it. There's only one multiverse. (laughs) That's why it's called a multiverse. Anyway. Ugh, gross. Uh, Oh, there is no omniverse. Apparently, they said in Dark Crisis, they can eat a dick. They can, yes. I, you know what? I don't envy anyone trying to. I mean, DC continuity has always been convoluted for no apparent reason. I mean, it made sense back in the day before Crisis on Infinite Earths, but like now, it's just like it's your own fault. Is it your fault? You you did this to yourself, and they keep doing it. 
year after year and they keep again and again doing it and it, now it means nothing and it doesn't help anything because to to keep going they have to undo the only good stuff they ever did i mean if, you know what i'll i'll give them final crisis that one made sense because there were some un kind you know, of I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Infinite Crisis. I'm sorry. Oh, not okay. Final Infinite Crisis. Crisis. Final Crisis was pointless. Even though I love Grant Morrison, it was pointless. Infinite Crisis was not only good, but yeah, totally. You 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 sewed up some loose ends. That's totally fine. But now you're like, why? <laughs> At this point, it, because it's the only thing they have. None of their yeah, other books consistently sell. Jesus. Wonder Woman doesn't sell. Flash doesn't sell. Green Lanterns. The, Variety of those don't sell. Justice League doesn't really sell. You kind of have action, which kind of sells sometimes. Batman is kind of their only go-to, Batman and Detective, which is why there's mm-hmm. always about seven Batman titles going oh, on. at least. Um, at least. Yeah. And so they keep doing these different multiverse crisis dark somethings mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. It's just every year there's at least one to two of them. That are covering the same territory again and again and making it all the more convoluted mm. and on top of each other. But I mean, uh, there, are, there, are, there are fans that keep coming to it and fans that are new that are enjoying it. I don't really get it, but I'm also jaded. So it, I don't think it's necessarily for me. You're also Jade, the daughter of Alan Scott, the first Green Lantern. It's true. I've been trying to hide that all these years, and you finally all found out. All these years. Oh, well, I'm not going to judge you for your you know, gender identity or anything, but... <laughs> not judge um, me for my jadedness? Yeah, I'll judge you for that, for sure. Here's the thing that they seem to fail to understand year after year. If you write good books, they sell. Uh, yes and no. Honestly. <laughs> okay. I mean, they've written I- good books that just didn't do anything. Whether it's marketing, whether it's not starring the the main people, or they write good books and they they have to tie it in with the rest of the the universe or what the editing staff is is doing, or Uh, they can't make significant changes, so it just – you get an impotent finale. So like uh, like – I believe it was Tinian's run on Batman. He said that he he was upset because they he had a whole arc planned out for a certain character, and the the editorial staff made him change it, and it was really weak because of that. Well, you can yeah. you can continue. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, what what Tinian had to do after because what what Tom King had done, and and Tom King's run was like pretty solid. And there was all this build up for like a year, year and a half. You know, maybe longer than that. Kind of this Batman Catwoman marriage. Building up, building up, building up. And then they get to that point and oh, it was all a dupe, it was all a bruise, and Bane was a mastermind plot behind it all, and don't you feel stupid, Batman, and you blah blah blah. It was all for nothing. So he punked Batman into a runaway bride scenario? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Aston Kutcher as Bane <laughs> I will say there are I think at least three issues where it's like Batman and Catwoman and Lois and Superman and they go on double dates and then they oh have my. they have bachelor party and bachelorette party 
Oh, my God. Uh, you say, oh, my God, but they are actually some of the best issues that have come out in years. Oh, really? Super really? fun. Super oh, well okay. done. Great right. characterization. Let's really fun reads. I would uh, wholeheartedly recommend them. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah, I, they're I a little harder to, to come by well now. Uh, they all kind of shot up in price. And uh, who yeah. knows if you can find them in collections because, hell, they probably – it would happen, what, two years ago at this point. But I'm sure that the paperback isn't out yet because DC's always behind the eight ball with that bullshit. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Especially now that they distribute their own and they don't use Diamond. They don't have somebody else, you know – uh, you know, t- tapping their finger on the watch anymore. So. Yeah. Although technically they don't distribute their own. They send it to a uh, large comic book retailers to distribute for them. So all the smaller shops pay the large retailer. What the fuck are they? Do- oh, okay, look, I understand wanting to get rid of Diamond because they were a monopoly and frankly not that great. But you're not helping it at all by doing that. <laughs> Nope. In fact, you kind of made it worse. Yep. And Marvel, Marvel, they they bailed out of Diamond as well, and now they yeah. go through Penguin Random House. Well, at least that's an actual distributor. It is, but it, they're not quite well, made publisher. for like uh, weekly searching comic books. for weekly comic books. Um, yeah. So that's a bit of a nightmare. See, now both the companies they they rely on grocery store spinner racks to distribute comics. Like, what? like when, like when we were kids, uh, they don't do that anymore. I get all of my comics from you know Food for Less. So, are you serious? No, of course not. Oh. I'm not serious. There oh. isn't a Food for Less here. All right. That's the part that you're not, you're not going to the Piggly Wiggly to get your latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Remember you? You remember those? They had those oh, spinner yeah. racks at fucking the grocery store. That's and, how I got and, into comic books. That's wow. That's funny. Interesting. I mean, that and they, antique stores, that's where I, I kind of got all my stuff. And then then I started going to comic book shops after that. Mm. The rest is history. Well, I mean, I guess that's the model that they were going for when they started putting them in com- in grocery stores and stuff like that. But uh, I, I, I inherited comic books, so they were always around. I guess that's kind of unique. But they uh, I remember going to, like, the Independent Center, and I'd always go up to Walden Books and – Mm-hmm. They had a spinner rack of comics. That's how I'd get comics until Colossal Comics opened in Lee Summit. And then I I had a pull there for like ever <laughs> until they closed. <laughs> I just I was just talking about that today, actually, with Case. I used to have a pull of Flash comics at Colossal from like 1990 to like, I don't know, whenever the fuck it closed. Anyway, see, now both companies specialize in comics made for things like grocery stores. You know, like they used to do at dentist offices with, you know, Spider-Man and and uh, Storm fighting smokescreen <laughs> right. uh, or the power pack telling you about child molestation or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now they actually have a, you know, their own line of, I guess, dumbed down accessible comics to be sold at places like grocery stores for people. To them. Um, yeah, well, because for a while it was, like, Batman Adventures and Superman Adventures, the ones that were, like, hmm. kind of loosely based on the cartoons. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be just for that. I mean, it, it it's a way to get younger readers into those comic books, you know, A, because they're too convoluted, you have no place to start, and B, 
you know, trying to explain, I mean, right now, like a big part of Amazing Spider-Man is the dissolution of his, of his relationship with Mary Jane and her new relationship with another person and Jesus. her like being a mother to like this guy's kids. That doesn't really resonate with a seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, unless unless that's one of the kids. Well, I mean, yes, but you know, <laughs> him him struggling to like pay his rent, or you know, being in, in trouble with debtors, or Tombstone <laughs> doesn't want to like let this other guy date his daughter, and so he is like, this oh convoluted come on, stu- I don't need that's Venture Brothers territory right this there. This is literally what's <laughs> happening in the comic book. Uh, I thought for you know for a second I thought you were gonna say that Mary Jane was in a relationship with Gwen Stacy and I'm like boy that would be something wouldn't it? <laughs> that would, Whoa. T- poor Peter. <laughs> oh, so I don't think that'd be poor Peter for too long. Well, I mean, if, if knowing he's how comic books go, if he's excluded from all the fun, then I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, it's only a matter of time before everybody gets back together. So, or comes back to life. I'm looking at you, Jason Todd. Anyway, we've barely talked about anything from 2022, so we should probably do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> all right. Machine Gun Fire. These are going to be quick, rapid succession. All right, so nice house on the list. Machine Gun Kelly. Fantastic book, as is 8 Billion Genies. Basic premise, everybody in the world gets a genie, so everyone has a wish. Craziness ensues. You have a, a few people who are stuck in this bar for reasons that are coherent within the plot. And they watch what happens outside this bar to the rest of the world as people make ever increasingly wild wishes. And then you see what happens over days, weeks, months, years in this new world. Uh, it's called it's called Wonder Woman 1984. Ah, awful. This is also, I think it got picked up by Amazon to be a movie TV event or something of the sort. Interesting. But it's it's very, very good. Big fan. A lot of fun to read. Batman the Imposter. I sent this to you, Skip. I don't know if you have a chance mm-hmm. to read it yet. I have um, not yet, but it's a kind of a young Batman story. It's the the writers Matson Tomlin, who worked on Project Power for Netflix and helped assist with the the Robert Pattinson Batman movie. It's kind Speaking of, a, of young Batman movies, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's very. Uh, there's some similar elements. It's kind of uh, approaching it from three different things. One, Batman uh, gets confronted by his therapist, and he has to like talk with his therapist so that she doesn't out him as being Batman. Hey, hey we did that. <laughs> yeah, while also involving what are the rich people of Gotham doing as this masked vigilante is running around? Something you don't really see, except for you know, like. Bruce Wayne, the owl. Well, I mean, I'm like, what are what are other rich people in Gotham doing? And also, you the have you have somebody there. who's impersonating Batman, killing criminals. So he has to find out who that is and confront them. They did that in the Dark Knight. It's uh, it's a three issue story. I I really enjoyed it. Very very good. Immortal X Men. Again, the inner workings of the the councils within the X Men universe. Really fun story. A lot of like uh, solo issues that work really well. Public hmm. domain. An, an image title. Kind of a Stanley versus Ditko analog story where Ditko's sons are trying to – they find out that Stanley shouldn't have had – he technically didn't have the rights to those characters. And so they're trying to like get money from Stanley for those characters that were created by the both of them. 
Hmm. Good story. Uh, art, it's fun. Life imitates art, huh? Yeah. Supergirl World of Tomorrow. Very fun. Kind of a space adventure story about Supergirl. <laughs> and it was the end of Deadly Class, finally, which had a really satisfying, surprisingly satisfying, surprisingly heartwarming kind of ending for one of my favorite runs in comics of all time. Really? Uh, that finally wrapped up, and that was fantastic. So those are kind of like, uh, you know, the what, two, four, six, seven, seven of the best comics of the year that I'd say to check out. I'm going to give you a quick rundown in case you don't know what's going on with the comic world. So Justice League, they died, but they didn't really die. That led to Dark Crisis, which Skip, mm. ta- Skip and I talked about a little bit. Dark Crisis is, is a book I did not really care about. No, but it was a- essentially, uh, how do you use it? Pariah had a big bunch of baddies who quote unquote killed the justice league but they popped out of existence for a while then you see like different like worlds without the justice league blah 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 the dead deathstroke comes back and last pith but he's like the main dark person trying to kill nightwing and but he's like possessed by quote unquote the darkness which turns out to not be the darkness and then they never really tell you what the darkness is they don't but it's a dark it's like the dark darkness. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what? There's been way too much darkness over the past four years in DC. Uh, death metal. Uh, I didn't like it. At the end, it all kind of comes to nothing except for, like, what, light person or whatever. Dr. Light from another universe. Dr. Light, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. The female Dr. Light, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, who cares? Spider-Man. Except Superman has all these crazy <coughs> new powers that I didn't know about. Did you notice that? Uh, that he basically has the power cosmic, it looks like? I don't remember that. Are we talking about Clark or no, or, it, or Cal? No, not not John. Uh, yeah, like, like Cal. Like, he... Uh, even in the mainstream Dark Crisis book, he, he doesn't see... He, he turns into... This like cosmic being where he, he, he's just, like glowing with the stars and the universe, like you know, he looks like a he looks like a '90s Marvel cosmic being or you know Captain Universe or whatever. It's kind of whatever they feel like doing at the time. I mean, like Wonder Woman know. just got back from being like a cosmic entity ruling Weird. over the universe in a way. You know, the Flash has a billion Flash people, and they're like caught in time at all times. I, Too many. It's it's. It's it's always too much, but Superman is like a god now. I didn't. I did read a bunch about that. Like he's he's got like godlike powers now. Yes, he can but manipulate physical reality. He's now. also just coming off of like being stuck on Warworld for like a year and a half. Yeah, um, and then before then, like he was aging and dying, so he had to t- like pick out his own authority team. There's a lot of stuff going on with Superman. Oh, the new elite? Yeah, I saw that yeah. too. Jesus. But that's enough Dark Crisis because who, who cares? Spider-Man, it's been pretty solid. An amazing Spider-Man. They did a, like a little jump in the future where stuff happened, but we don't know what happened. Osborn's okay again, and he has a golden goblin. Oh, my God. Which is awful. I am a golden goblin! Peter's working with Kamala Khan. Jumps off the roof. Uh, and there is also a, a, a separate story about the implosion... Or turning bad of the Spider Verse, where what is it the the Wasp cosmic Wasp Lady is trying to poison oh. all the the realities, and maybe oh that'll come to some fruition. But that's happening like are, in a different universe in a way. Right are you now? Are, are you saying there's a dark Spider Verse? I will not utter those words. 
Oh, God. Uh, oh, we rip on DC for that, but come on. Marvel's doing the same stupid shit. Avengers. Avengers has been Jason Aaron's baby for a while. He's That's finally, cool. I, I hope, okay. wrapping it up because I truly haven't liked almost anything he's done. With really? the Avengers? That's sad because yeah. Aaron's a great. Uh, there are things writer. he doesn't do well, and I don't care for his version. But partially because he decided to take all of these like, pseudo legacy characters, and it's like, okay, they've been around not since you knew them, but they've been around for million years. So you have like prehistoric versions of Iron Fist and Moon Knight. And oh my god, they did that in DC as well. Yeah, uh, I hate that. I just don't like it. And you have like Thor being the the son of the Phoenix Force and Odin who had this what? illicit affair. Exactly. Don't go against Norse mythology. I mean, come on. But it's all kind of been building up that version of the Avengers story and and other like current Avengers stuff. And then there's like alternate universe Avengers that have all been plucked out of their reality to fight a grand war against like the super dark versions of like the ultimate doom who like killed other dooms from all these realities and, and all these, like these, it's like this sinister six of super evil beings who are trying to like destroy all of the realities and hmm. Mephisto's, all the Mephisto's from all realities are coming on all at once. And you have but, like the all writer who's like the ultimate ghost writer who embodies all of the ghost writers before and has like mega superpowers White Lantern, anyone? <laughs> this is all happening at once, and it, it's it's a bit much. So when you say Ultimate Doom, do you mean Doom from the Ultimate Universe, or just an Ultimate Doom? No, an Ultimate Doom. I think he I think oh, okay. he calls himself like the Doom above other Dooms, the Doom above the Doom above all, or something of the sort. Catchy. Uh, I mean, honestly, like his his versions of of the bad guys are are kind of cool uh, with some questionable details, like. Doom has in the enchanted skin of his lover as like his chest plate. Yeah, it's like that's that's unnecessary. Weird. And you have like a little Thanos child who's like a, a murderous imp. And then you have like a oh god, what are they? There's Norman Osborn in this imp. in this version. It's a ghost goblin where he he collects ghost rider skulls and instead of pumpkin bombs, he what? throws ghost rider skulls. What? Or the in this version, the Red Skull, he is the one who possesses the Venom symbiote. And so he's like the Red red Venom or something of the sort. <laughs> or um, Carnage. <laughs> but if Carnage was a, not just like, a, you know, kind of pseudo white supremacist, but actual white supremacist. I was going to say, I was like, he's kind of a neo-Nazi as it is. Yeah. So. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a... There's a sprinkling of some good stuff there. I think overall it doesn't really work, but I'm I'm intrigued to see where this big battle goes. Hulk, you've had after Mortal Hulk, which was a, a really cool storyline about the the origins of like the, the actual where P Hulk's power comes from. Now you have essentially the Hulk is kind of like a big kaiju run by Bruce Banner, who's it's hard to explain, but he kind of like pilots the Hulk now. He's inside like an avatar, uh, kind of, but he's like inside Hulk's head, same way like like Evangelion would be or Robotech. Firestorm. Uh, Firestorm. Firestorm is the melding of two different people. Oh, you know, right. But th this is more and like ones in his head. Imagine then... like an actual like tiny Bruce Banner. That's oh like, wait, so Hulk is huge. Yeah. The, well, the Hulk is like Hulk sized, but. You have like a 
it, it's kind of like he's running the Hulk as like a big robot kind of thing. It's hard to explain, but it, it's actually a fun story. And he's like jumped out of our realities and out of this galaxy and he's searching for a place to call home or whatever. And he ends up fighting right, Thor in this banner war thing. That was fun enough. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, again, the galaxy is way bigger than people think it is. So, like, you know, you could probably have looked a little harder instead of going to another galaxy. X-Men's a bit too in-depth to get into, but you had post and post the second Inferno and Destiny of X and Immortal X-Men, X-Men Red and the second Hellfire Gala and blah, blah, blah. Honestly, really good stuff. It's X-Men is another thing to tackle another day. Superman, the war world, which we talked about, what he's just getting back from, and the son of Superman has been very popular and and, and pretty solid. That follows Jonathan, who comes back from the future, no longer a little boy, but now in his 20, like 20-year-old 20 yeah, or so. Yeah, he's early 20s. Early. Yeah. That, that seems cheap to me. I don't know. They tried to do that with The Flash with uh, Bart Allen after, he, uh, when, uh, after New 52, or, or no, after... Infinite Crisis or whatever, when it was Bart Allen was the new Flash because he came back from the future. Now he's older or whatever. And it's like, I don't care. Yeah, it kind of is what it is. I don't mind the whole Superman as an elder statesman thing. That's fine. I think that actually works. They, you know, they they did it with Hal Jordan. But I don't know if you noticed, but in Dark Crisis, they went out of their way to say, no more legacies. <laughs> And you're like, what, how would it, okay, how, what context are, I mean, why would you say that unless you're a reader of these books? Why would you say no more legacy characters? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, especially when that's all that they're doing, you know, whether it's. Right, yes. You know, the, the Batverse, the Superman universe, uh, all the Green Lanterns, well, the even different Wonder that- Woman's. Even in that book, yeah, like one of the main heroes is Nightwing, and uh, and then he Slade deals with his daughter a bunch, and like, like I, it's all legacy characters. Yeah, I I, I don't know what they're talking about. No, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, a couple of things happened in comic books this year. There were Fortnite crossovers with Marvel and uh, with uh, Batman. Again, not for me, Batman. but it's you know for the people who are coming and buying the kids coming into buying the comic books, so they have the code in the back. For whatever outfit or motorcycle that they can get, it, it's uh, it was a money making yeah. venture and it, it worked honestly. Yeah, maybe that's good for them. <clears throat> and Marvel's big event for 2022 was Judgment Day, which was a crossover between X Men, Avengers, and the Eternals. Hmm. Basic concept is the Eternals are supposed to curb deviations. At some point, they see what has come of the X Men post Hickman's run with their new kind of level of immortality and their own nation states and their own planet. So they're like, <laughs> this is an excess deviation and we need to curb them. So the Eternals need to go kill all the mutants, essentially. Get a curb stop them. Uh, Oof, let's not talk about that. <laughs> so they go to kill them. They kill some of them. In fact, they kill a lot of them. The Avengers come to help. All this kind of awakens... Celestial, who then gives the entire world 24 hours to be judged, every single soul, whether they're worthy of sticking around. Surprise, surprise. 
We're all good. The world doesn't end for, for reasons they're explaining in the book. I can't say that I love this event. It was kind of interesting on its face. There's a few things that come out of it that are mildly interesting, but a, a main problem with it is it has the Eternals, and I just don't care about the Eternals. I never have. I don't think I ever will. No one ever has. Exactly. So I, I know they make a tentpole franchise. The MCU wanted to make a tentpole franchise out of like a nine issue comic that no one gave a shit and was just ripping off a DC comic. Yeah, it's the same thing they tried to do with the Inhumans a few years ago. Yeah, and it's just like they they Which keep going back disaster. to these wells, and it's like nobody cares. Nobody cares about either franchise. So no, they're they, they suck. They yeah. both suck. Yeah. So that is comics in 2022. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff I didn't cover. But those are your main things. I couldn't, you know, we could get into Daredevil or independent comics, but we'll do we'll do an indie comics thing soon. I, I only we, have so I mean, much we should time. Cover so that. yeah, we should do it a different time. Though. Yeah, uh, comics were okay in twenty twenty two. They're all right. Hey, that's that's a big statement considering a lot of times they just suck ass nowadays. There are always good things to find, and it's yeah, stuff like true. Nice House in the Lake or Eight Billion Genies that kind of like this is nice, especially as someone who's kind of. I'm burnt out on most capes and tights stuff, so mm-hmm. I tend to yeah, well, <laughs> go towards the uh, the image in Vertigo. Well, what was once Vertigo? I, I I do miss the days of Ellis and Morrison and you know Alan Moore and you know Mark Millar where they they were all tired of capes and you know like the Super God era, you know that whole thing. Yeah, but uh, there are there are other uh, there are new people stepping up. Your Chip Zdarsky's, Chip Zdarsky's, your James Tinian's, your Matt King's, your... You mean Tom King? I meant Tom King. That is exactly who I meant. Your Tom King's. Hopefully you can just cut that out. Matt uh, King, you don't know him. He's from Canada. You know, he's my boyfriend, but we met when I was visiting Niagara. Uh, you know, Goes to a different high school. You know, it's, you know, maybe you'll see him someday. You know, your Kieran Gillen's. Who I love. What? Kieran Gillen. I didn't hear what you said. Awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 Charles Soule. I mean, well, that's plenty of and it's funny. People. It's funny, too, when you say that, because like the the era in which I w- for which I was pining was about the same time that Hickman, Gillian, guys like that were just starting out, mm-hmm. you know, with the nightly news and phonogram, which are still two of my favorite books of all time. You know, that was a great time for comic books. It really, really was. <laughs> yeah, there's. Yep. There's always new people on the horizon and uh, people supplanting the old mainstays and, and delivering fine imaginative works for our brains to dazzle at. Yeah, but I don't know if anything will ever beat the British invasion era of, you know what I mean? Like the, the talent that came out of the UK. It was a, it was a different time. It was also like the the explosion of comic books at that time. The foothold that they were gathering and, and, and supplanting what came before it and and where those would, like, lead us pop culturally. I, I, I don't know if we can duplicate that. but No, well, especially since that was the first time, really, where comic books were written by people who were fans of comic books as serious literature, you know, as mm-hmm. they were growing up. Yeah. And then also Grant Morrison. Who likes the cheesy stuff and uh, somehow make, manages to make it work? But yeah, no, that 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 era will never be replicated. Fact. Yeah, good, good. All right, how about movies of the year in the glorious year for twenty twenty two, which had some fine features. 
I think I will go. How about a top ten? How's that sound? One, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, sure, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, from ten to one, Broker. Fantastic film. See it. I think it technically is just coming out, but I saw it a while ago. Ah, I see. Banshees of Insurance, Tar, Mad God. Still need to watch it. Oh, I need to watch it. It's 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 a wonderful film to like give a little child nightmares, which I would I would love to do. Awesome. Um, <laughs> you would love to give a child. Nightmares? I would love to yeah, give a child sure. nightmares. I'd love to plop like an eight year old down and have them watch Mad God and just. See them not sleep for the next week. You're like you're like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it's Mad God, bitch. <laughs> like Mad Phil God. Phil Tippett was a god. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, Marcel the Shell Shoes On. Delightful little film. No. Uh, After Sun. Beautiful. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I loved it. Still, really? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, but... well worth it. Plus there's like a well, – at least if you're watching on Netflix, which it deserves to be watched on a big screen if you can – but directly after it, there's like a 30-minute making-of documentary, which mm. however much you like the film, you're going to love it that much more when you see the time and artistry that goes into making that film. I know it's separate. I know it's a different deal. But we made the mistake of watching Zemeckis's live-action oh, Pinocchio. Yeah. And oh my god, is that a, a bowl of rancid dog shit. <sighs> but It's one of those ultimate examples of like, do not make live action features of your previous films, Disney. It doesn't need to happen. Well, they're supplanting their cartoons. Yeah. They don't do animated movies anymore. No, this, I mean, it, it's all just an easy buck for them because they own all the rights. Uh, they own all of those stories. They own all well, and, of those likenesses yeah. so they can and just not a, reproduce it. It's kind of like yeah, just regurgitating I, it really. Totally. Especially since, well, even especially Lion King where they use a lot of the same voice actors. They were, they were adapting uh, a folk tale or a fairy tale, but this one they're just readapting their own adaptation. So there's no creative juice that goes into any of these things. Yeah, they are hideous abominations. Re- they really are, and none of them are good. No, no. There's some that are worse than others, but Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a phrase I never thought I'd say out loud. <laughs> In 2022, it's a new low. Oh, God. What is not a new low is RRR, which I loved. Oh, yeah. It was okay. Boo. Um, I did. Okay, look. I, I got it. I liked a lot of the cinematography. I got the universe they were creating. And also, those two main actors may be the most badass actors in the history of the world. Because <laughs> they can... Uh, do action, martial arts, dance, sing, and probably my taxes on a near Olympic level at the same time. It's crazy the talent that those guys have. And they're buff and pretty good looking. So, I mean, <laughs> they're they're like the Indian Dolph Lundgren, you know? <laughs> they were genetically created in a lab. They have everything a young Skip might want. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. it's too bad you didn't love it as much as I did, but uh, I thankfully got to see it on the big screen. That's how mm, I, yeah, I, I. That would probably make a difference. I held out for that. I saw. Oh, just it's one of the greatest like film experiences I've had in a long time. Spectacle. Um, just, it was a spectacle. Oh, hundred percent. Sure. Super fun. It, it has something for everyone. Maybe more than what you might want, but 
And it is Bollywood, so brace yourself that it's going to follow that narrative structure and not an American or... Technically, it's Hollywood, but it's similar. But, you know, but it still has the dance sequence. I love that anybody who's getting, like, whipped with a a spiked whip, you know, sings about his blood and it, like, keeps him from... That's pretty funny. You know, from kneeling and and makes everyone rise up. Ah, Great time. Uh, That dance sequence at the wedding was pretty good, too. Oh, that's one of the things I, I... I hope it wins an Oscar for that because it, it 100% deserves, but it won't. You know, it's funny, too. That I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I would believe that it's a more entertaining film on the big screen because – and most, most of the time I feel like that's bullshit because our, our fucking TVs are pretty big now. I mean, I own a 60-inch TV. You know, like it's like – how big does it have to get, you know, for it's the same kind of experience? But it is a different experience because I remember watching uh, – I watched the new uh, Denis uh, Villeneuve Dune mm-hmm. on first on the small screen. And I was like, it's okay. And then I watched it in theaters the second time and my – head exploded it was so much better like it was like holy shit this is the sprawling epic we wanted it to be and there's no real reason why that is it's just the experience and the spectacle of being in the theater that takes it to another level so yeah and there's a there's a there's a communal experience there is a a, an ability to like be overwhelmed by the sound Mm. and the, the picture and the size and the scope the the grandeur of whatever film you're watching, it, <laughs> the cinemascope. It, yeah. it has a it has a different feel. It has it's a different experience. It is which it which is. Can and it be, does add. Yeah, it can be good or bad. You know, honestly, depending on the film. But That's for true. a film like RRR or or Dune, uh, I think it it, it very much just watch it. On, watch it on the big screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For my final two best of the years, Decision to Leave, the new Park Chan-wook thriller, fantastic, and my number one favorite film of the year. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Ah, see, I haven't seen it yet. You gotta see it. I know uh, it's like multiverse of madness, but with martial arts. Uh, I know. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's so much more than that. Yeah, it, it feels like a Michelle Gondry joint or something. You know what I mean? Uh, oh yeah, maybe Michelle Gondry by way of like Jackass. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you watch it, you'll find out by that statement. Yeah, you'll see. A few films I didn't count. Generally, like when I make my best of, best of years, it's kind of like Oscar to Oscar season, just the, for the way I watch films and rank them all. It's what I do, all right? I watch all the Oscar films, so you, you can all suck it. I think Flea, Worst Person in the World, Drive My Car, and Come On, Come On might have made that list as like films I saw. They came out this year, but were technically for last Oscar round. A few other films that probably deserve to be seen or talked about, Project Wolf Hunting, it's a Korean gore action craziness. Cool. It's just like like a uh, Frankenstein Terminator bloodbath. It's insane. Oh, it's just like Frankenstein or Terminator. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Combine the two and you get Project Wolf. Hunting. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Yeah, with a little bit of Captain America and some Con Air. <laughs> I know. You're speaking my language. <laughs> Lost Bullet. Uh, that's a franchise I was I was flipped onto this year. It's a French action kind of car based action stuff. Really cool. Yeah. There are two films out. I think there are at least going to be three because the second one ends like a direct setup to a third. Something in the uh, dirt. I was say, how many how many movies does it take to make a franchise? You know, <laughs> like yeah, two. I don't know. I mean, I think you can do two. Can count. Mo- Movie and a sequel, I don't know if that's a franchise, but, you know. Uh, 
technically the smallest franchise possible. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it depends. But uh, it's, it's the beginning. Something in the dirt. Uh, a new kind of uh, pseudo found footage paranormal investigation documentary-esque flick. Um, yeah, I never see a thousand of those every uh, week. But it's done by the guys who did The Endless or Spring or oh, Synchronic. Oh, both of those movies are good. Yeah. Both of those movies I, are pretty I think good. It's, it's well worth your time. It's a, it's a fun little film. Uh, Resurrection, fantastic thriller. The Innocents, that was a great, like, super superhuman kids foreign flick I watched. The Roundup, that is, I believe, a Korean joint. It's like the kind of like eighties action film that doesn't get made anymore in America with a Ma Masek Do who you might know from the Eternals. Oh yeah. 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 And trained to Busan. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, he's just like, he's this kind of put upon badass cop who doesn't take anybody's shit, but actually takes a lot of people's shit. But he has like these, like not literally, but they're kind of like, like fists of steel. And he just, Oh, mm-hmm. he just decks people. It's great. Um, well, that sounds fun to me. And maybe On the Count of Three, which is a dark comedy about two best friends following out their suicide pact. Mm. It's a it's a romp for the whole family. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty well done. Gerard Carmichael. Uh, it's I believe he wrote it and stars in it. I thought you were going to say Gerard Depardieu kills himself, and I was very excited for a second. But <laughs> You're always excited for Gerard to kill himself. Well, Gil, Gil Gerard, Gerard Butler, Gerard Depardieu, yeah. I mean, as soon as they all kill themselves, I, I'm, I'm over the moon. Yeah, uh, Gerard Carmichael, he, he started and directed it. He didn't write it. But it's uh, it was good. It's not Pussy. great, but it's, it's well worth watching. Kind of a, an indie sleeper. Yeah, the, there's your movies of the year. I mean, there's plenty of other great movies. Moon Age Daydream, Saloon, The Northman, The Woman King, Petite Maman. I mean, I could go on and on. I, I see a, a shit ton of movies every year. You sure could go on and on. And on and on. <laughs> did you notice that this year, and thank you for that list, did you notice that I don't know if you've seen it. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie, but Korea, somebody finally made, essentially, crossed the movie. The Sadness is what the you're sadness. talking about. I did watch The Sadness. And it's crossed. It, it is. is. It is crossed. And uh, that's part of the reason I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, it's a Taiwanese film. Oh, that's right. Um, it is Taiwanese. Yeah. I and, thought it was, uh, yes, you're right. It is Taiwanese. It's, it's grotesque. And inhuman for the it sake is not of it. A, I will say objectively, it's not a bad movie. But but if anybody out there has ever read Crossed, don't. It's really hard to read if you have any sense of empathy or human emotion whatsoever. And on purpose, they were pushing the limits of horror, and it's it's tough. Yeah, it's a it's a hard one, and I I am shocked somebody. Well, I'm both shocked that somebody hadn't done it already and also shocked that it happened. <laughs> For those who don't know, Crossed, it's kind of a zombie-esque world. But instead kind of turning into like cannibalistic undead creatures in Crossed, you get a, a fleshy cross upon your face and it, it unleashes the worst desires in you. And you just want to rape and, and kill 
it takes away empathy and inhibition. Yeah, it's the it's the worst of humanity's id, just on full display. So you do anything and everything, uh, you know, murder, rape, the worst things you could possibly ever think of that you would be repulsed by because you have empathy and, you know, inhibitions. But it, yeah, it's it's hard. It's a tough story. It's I think in the genre of horror, both in the comics and for that film, it's a story that had to be done at some point. It was just going to happen. It's a natural evolution, but it also really sucks to watch if you have a heart yeah. or, a, it, you know, they're, 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 it's awful. They're the kind of stories which I, I honestly just find distasteful, especially when there isn't well, a real purpose to it. So something like Martyrs, at least they're trying to say something with what they're doing. This well, is just I, uh, kind of gore rape for gore rape's sake. I disagree. Sake. I, 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 would, I would disagree. I'd push back on that at least because I, I feel like things like hostile or what you're describing, yeah, torture porn, shit like this. This as a genre is a, a natural progression in commentary. Because the, just by the, the concept, they're making commentary on what horror is, why we're scared of things, why we don't do certain things. I think that's an important statement to make. And uh, I think it's a good – I would say I there's just as much commentary going on in this as there is in Hostel or Turistas. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't give it nearly as much credit as you do. And I think there's. I, I, you can. You can I get mean, into like you know, social hierarchy within hostile, and you know, buying and selling people to do your worst horrible things because of the money that you have and the location that you're at, as opposed to this where it's it's the zombie as. The worst of humanity. See, here's the thing. I don't think it's gratuitous for gratuitous's sake necessarily, like a lot of torture porn is. I've, yeah, I, I see what you're saying about hostile specifically, but that genre is just torture for torture's sake, for shock value, just for shock value. I feel like you don't find this just I'm, for shock value. The uh, well, I'm not, doing? No, I don't. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, and, literally, and, and, literally skull fucking people. As they as right. they as they yell out, yes, I I know, I yes, I'm aware. The things that happen in both the film and in Crossed are extreme and hard to deal with and feel gratuitous, but it goes to the heart of what horror really is. I mean, if you think about it, like we're terrified by things like Halloween because Michael Myers has no conscience or empathy. And we're shocked that someone could do something like that. You know, that's what's scary to us. And this is just the ultimate elevation of that. And I I, I don't like watching or reading this concept as a genre because it is uncomfortable and it is horribly off-putting. But I do think there is a commentary there. I don't feel like it's like – it's cohesive and there is a if, – if it was just, you know, gore for gore's sake – it probably wouldn't make as much sense. 
it probably wouldn't have like a structure and rules to the universe. You know what I mean? Uh, I, uh, I disagree. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think know. I think you can you can read commentary into it, but I don't think the story that they tell is that involved or really give that much effort into. Okay. And I think that the things they do with it aren't to tell a, a commentary story, but just to grossen and put vile things on the screen because they wanted to shock and, and dismay. Well, first of all, shock, I think, is the most important part of that. I think torture porn lacks substance. I mean, you, you, were, you were reading into Hostile more than I think it's worth because you could watch Taken and make the same fucking commentary and not have to torture people. It's true. I um, think you can make this and not have to do the things that they do. The The problem with this film, I think, is it it's all too much. And there isn't a hint of things. It's all just, here, let's put it out in front of you and let's make you watch it for an extended period of time. And not well, just see, once, is, but for the whole 90 minutes. See, the thing is, I don't, I didn't feel like they pushed it as, it, like, there are certain movies that they they go out, okay, for instance, the, what is it called, the, the Green Inferno? Mm-hmm. Okay, that one is, they're pushing it onto you visually and and viscerally in a way that is really, really hard to get through. I thought that the sadness was less graphic and less really of that. Yes, I yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? The, yes, I, I mean, I, think I don't. This was personally between the two. I would rather watch Green Inferno. Okay, we're not talking about what we'd rather watch because you and I both hate reading Crossed and hate watching that movie, b- but we understand its place in the and so when I, when i say when i'm defending this this whole thing it's not that i thought that the sadness was particularly a good movie i i'm saying this branch of the horror genre is i think legitimate and uh, a necessary not not necessary but you know a natural evolution to what horror is yeah and uh, as opposed to Hostile or whatever. I just don't see it being that much different from uh, the Hills Have Eyes remakes. But those are remakes. I mean, they, they they're lacking substance and commentary in general off the bat. You know, because they're remakes of of Grindhouse. Shit. And I don't think this so, has that much substance or commentary. I think this okay, is, this is just a sadistic okay. gore. One okay. So once again, we're we're bumping up into the problem where you're talking about the movie, and I'm talking about. That concept as a as a genre. Well, you're as saying a, that it needs to subsist because well, it, no, it I'm has saying substance. it was going to. It was going to. It, eventually, somebody was going to do this, right? And this, it, it feels like a natural next step in horror. I'm not saying that's a good movie. Crossed is actually a relatively well written book. I don't want to read it. First, the original, the Garth Ennis. Oh yeah, miniseries. Yes, the Garth Ennis stuff. Yes, the I Garth think they're also. Stuff, yes. a, at least one David Latham storyline. Oh, th- there are a, several spinoffs from it, uh, yes. a sociopath in this world and his his version of how the events have crossed and it, some interesting things going that's, on. That's fascinating, um, actually. But see, that's commentary. That, that is. is actual commentary. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the genre itself. Oh, that's a. I, I, it's a new genre. It's a new subgenre of horror, and it's one that people haven't dared to do before for obvious reasons. 
and but I think it's a legitimate subgenre. I, I I think torture porn isn't as much. I mean, saw whatever you can say that's a sub like the an archetype of a subgenre. Whatever, that's fine. But that feels more hollow than this. This one, I think, I feel this genre, not the movie, or even necessarily the comic, but this branch of horror, I feel like is a legitimate subgenre that. I don't want to see explored, but probably will be, and probably legitimate. You know what I mean? Like it's I, I, perhaps I, I. I mean, I've you and I have both seen a bunch of grindhouse movies that are gory and and gratuitous for no reason. It doesn't advance a plot. There's no narrative to it. It's just like I'm gonna make this guy's head explode, or I'm gonna saw this woman in half. Mm-hmm. It, 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 but that's that's it's not it's not saying anything. It doesn't even make the movie any better. Okay, a good example. I had never seen the Terrifier movies. Oh, okay, yeah, until until last night. Mm. Oh, good and bully I, for you. You know, Terrifier isn't the first one I, I found out. Right. All Hallows' uh, Eve, is that right? E- yes. All Hallows' Eve is the first one, and then Terrifier. Mm-hmm. So I watched All Hallows' Eve and Terrifier. And in Terrifier, they, they do this thing where they saw – they put this woman upside uh-huh. down, and they put he puts a hacksaw on her vagina mm-hmm. and saws her in half. Yeah. There's what are you saying there? Like those movies aren't saying anything. There's no motivation. There's no interest. You don't care about that clown character art. You don't care. I mean, he's not. He's not like Michael Myers. He's not even fucking. He's not even Jigsaw. He's just nothing. He's just a vessel for gratuitous violence. I, I that is empty and hollow and gratuitous and gore for gore's sake. I don't think this subgenre we're talking about is the same thing. Mm. I think I think maybe this is a conversation for I I think okay yes you're right it's a longer yeah, conversation I mean I think there are things time. that art does especially like in Terrifier two where they kind of do more world building that's well, that's one I haven't seen whether either. that well whether you dis- need to see it that's another question whether I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like it's like human centipede yeah, you know see human centipede's an interesting one too because it's for the very reason is that a legitimate subgenre is that a, is that gore for gore's sake. Or just gross out for gross out's sake. Is that a legitimate strange subgenre? I, I I don't know. I'm not sure. But I'm more sure about the about crossed and I the think, sadness. I think it's perhaps how they what, you know, in the in the eighties when they were debating porn. And and they said I don't know, know what it is, but when I see it, I'll know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of how I feel about this. Is that you know I, I've seen a lot of of torture porn, gore porn, uh, stuff like Terrifier, you know, stuff like Martyrs, uh, you know, Teresa's, blah blah blah, all of that stuff. The sadness I personally felt when I was watching it that it was unseemly and unnecessary and too much. To the point where I didn't enjoy my experience and I sure, didn't feel the sure. need for it to be around. I'm sure that's for somebody. A lot of people love it. It, it was just too much for me and I didn't feel it was necessary. Right. It, 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 right. So I, I totally see where you're coming from on that. And I, I feel the same way. I don't want that. But that doesn't mean it's not a legitimate like subgenre of, of horror. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. But I, I, Legitimate, right. not, well, not a cheap I, I one. Guess, well, you know? I guess – Because we had a bad experience well, watching it, hmm. it's doing its job, really. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like Crossed – I hate that fucking book, 
but I know that it's but it, I mean is it its job to gross us out? Is it its job uh, to like make us not no, want to see it or watch it? No, it, well, I think that just comes along with the territory. That's part of the commentary because it the 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 job of that subgenre is to make us realize how fragile our agreed upon, you know, you know, social mores and uh, behavior is. Because like if we just be, you know, without one simple thing like empathy or you know, inhibitions that's how it would be. I mean, it's it, that's. I think that's le- that's a legitimate thing to comment on. Like, without these tiny things that we take for granted, it would be this horror show that uh, all there would be no society. There would be no you know good in the world. It would be it, it'd be completely awful. Yeah. And I, and but I think there it, you there know, are ways it, to like tell that story without doing this. I think something like Mayhem from twenty seventeen. Which is a similar concept, but set just within an office space, but actually has a, a story and it has a point to it. It has just the same amount of, you know, unbridled id, but it, it's not just to gross us out. It's not just to see how far can we push this? How, how much will they let us put on the screen? I think it has much more to say. See, the interesting thing is, I feel like. I think maybe maybe the disconnect here is that I feel like with something like torture porn, you can you cannot show that gore and still be effectively scary. You know, it's like in uh, here's a micro example in Cape Fear, the original, and then the remake. Hmm. Uh, there are scenes where you know, Robert Mitchum <laughs> does really terrible things. But they never show it. They it's always like behind closed doors or you know you know cornered somewhere. But it works. It, it, it you get the idea. It's scary. It's it's terrifying. In the Corsese version, they straight up show you the horror. Mm-hmm. They straight up show you the graphic part of it. But they're both effective, and it puts that thing on sort of another visceral level. I, in torture porn stuff. You don't have to show that stuff to make it scary. With this concept, this subgenre concept we're talking about, if you didn't show it, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be scary. It wouldn't be effective. I don't feel like the gore is just for gore's sake. I feel like the gore is gratuitous on purpose and not in a uh, Verhoeven way, but in like a, you know, like this needs to happen uh, for you to understand the commentary we're making. You know, and 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 that's and that that's different than, for instance, Green Inferno, which is the most gratuitous gory movie I've ever seen. You you can do that movie without showing a single scene of that of of the gore and the eviscerating and and eating of people. You know what I mean? You're right. This is something for another day. <laughs> this is a big, 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 big one. We'll have to do another day. Anyway, movies, <laughs> huh? Well, if you like Skip and maybe maybe even like me and you liked what you heard, please do rate and review us wherever you happen to get podcasts. Apple iTunes. It is, helps us get it seen. It is probably the, the main venue there. It does help us to mm-hmm. get seen and help us to get heard as we mm-hmm. move up the charts and more people get into us. If you like, <laughs> please subscribe and you can check us out on social media, which we're not super involved with. But, uh, you know, you can always uh, reach out. We are there on Twitter 
and Instagram. We're Gen Y, so we're bad at social media. Yeah, That's you know, you reach out. We'll get back to you. We, we respond. We're not Gen X and we're not millennials. We're that fun one called Gen Y that apparently no longer exists in the zeitgeist, but totally is a thing. We're Gen Yes. Uh, generation Next. That's <laughs> us. Uh, and if you guys have a topic that you want us to explain or uh, flesh out in any way, feel free to reach out on us, like he said, on social media or email us. We will definitely consider anything that you guys want to hear about as long as it's not Zack Snyder or you know. No, uh, we're, we'll do Zack Snyder. Fuck uh, it. All right. Yeah, all right. If, if yeah, you want to right. hear it, we'll do it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> if you want to hear it, we'll do it. We'll bitch that's, about it, but we'll that's, do that's it. Our new, uh, that should be our new tagline. Your funeral. <laughs> Fuck you for asking. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, we've, we've kept you yeah. long enough. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, to support your local comic shops and retailers. And from Dispatch Ajax, we would like to say, Godspeed, fair wizards. Please, go away. <laughs> <laughs>